Thanks for listening to this podcast of Bet MGM Tonight. Our show is live every weeknight from 7 to 11 p.m. Eastern on Odyssey radio stations around the country, odyssey.com, as well as the Odyssey app. We can get to the diamond in the rough, which is Sean Little. I don't think calling him a diamond in the rough the well, right. the score was the rough. Oh, okay. All the scores I had to go through, that's the rough. Got and you, now we you. just got to the diamond, which is Sean okay, Little of the No Ketchup Podcast. A No Ketchup Podcast host and a Quinn Mayo. Well, never mind. That joke is going to write itself. Sean, thanks for joining the show. How are you, Sean? You, what's up, man? Good to hear from you last couple times I've been on. You know, you've been battling a couple things, man. I'm man. glad to talk to you again. Sean, I've been fighting demons. That's what I've been fighting. I've been losing bets <laughs> and losing the bout with COVID, but I, I beat I beat a couple of them. I'm here, especially with you on uh, our show tonight. So, number one, thanks for having – or thanks for joining us on the show once again. And also, I can't wait to pick your brain. Let's go ahead and get right into it. Last night, John Morant made me scream like a little girl at about, I don't know, Two o'clock in the morning, rewatching what he yep. did against Steph Curry, especially in that fourth quarter. And then as he walks off the court, he looks at Steph Curry, Curry the God, and says, Oh, we're gonna have some fun. Series tied at one one. How do you feel about this series? What did you learn from the game last night? And how are you betting this thing moving forward? As of course, uh this game swings back to Chase Center uh with the Golden State Warriors in game three. Yeah, said it two times to him too. Like we're gonna have some fun. Yeah. Then he let him walk by turned around and said, yeah, we're going to have some fun. Make sure he heard it. Make sure everybody at home could could understand, could read the lips and everything. Yeah, man. Sounded like I mean, a threat, Sean. It sounded like a little bit like a threat. <laughs> <laughs> I think, um, listen, they've been doing a really good job of when stuff is, when they win, they celebrate and they have fun with it. And that was no different last night. He went crazy. He had 47. He was like, hey, it's a great opportunity to let Steph Curry know that we're going to have some fun because I've been on 47 on him and shot it pretty well and I was knocking down the three ball so yeah what did I learn last night not a lot to be honest I learned that John Moran can turn it on and he knew they had to go out and get a W so he went out there and hung 47 and you know how you hear athletes say I like I was just taking what they gave him like I was just yeah. taking what they gave me that's exactly what he said post game and that's actually what he was doing. Every time they sagged and went under stuff, he shot the three. And even though that hasn't been falling for him all playoffs, it started to. And then when he needed to go to the cup and really get a basket, he was doing that. But I didn't learn too, too much because for him to score 47, they still were struggling to try to get the W. Like Steph Curry at 27, Wiggins played pretty well. I don't, I don't even – that. That's even tough to say, but he had a couple spots where he showed a pulse and looked like he was super interested. Um, but for, for them to win by five points and Clay to play as bad as he did, that's the worst I've ever seen Clay Thompson shoot it, I think. Mm-hmm. I, I'd have to go way back to see him shoot it the way he did. He was awful to the point where I was like, you can't take him out of the game, but maybe we should think about it. But, you know, you, you got to ride with your guys. But he was really, really bad. For him to shoot as for him to shoot as bad as he did, and for Morant to score forty seven, and they to essentially eke out a win with a late Draymond call and a couple crazy finishes from Morant, I didn't learn too much. Golden State's the better team. Memphis is a really good young fun team, and they got a W at home. Oh, hey, Sean, Sean, sorry about that, Sean. I was watching the game. Uh, so Boston-Milwaukee, uh, that series tied up at one, and it goes back to Milwaukee now at the Pfizer Forum. 
I don't know why this game isn't until Saturday, man. I hate the schedule. We have no hoops tomorrow. I don't know what I'm going to do with myself. But uh, Bucks two and a half yeah. point favorites in Game Three. The totals two thirteen and a half. Who do you like in Game Three in the rest of this series? I actually lean Boston, man. I mean, Giannis is the best player on the planet. If Middleton's playing in this series, I definitely hammer Milwaukee. But I've been pretty high on uh, Boston the second half of the season, and I like this team. Yeah, I'll be honest with you. Like a lot of other people that you know handicap and bet, I don't really know, man. Like, mm-hmm. I have no idea. Like, after game one, everyone thought Boston was dead. Oh, they can't. What are they going to do? They can't do anything with Giannis. They're making him shoot the three ball, and they can't knock it down. Jalen Brown, uh, Yeah. And then game two shows up, and instantly, in the first five minutes, you're like, oh, maybe Boston can't hang with these dudes. So, like, I don't know. I, I lean right now Milwaukee because – they stole one at home. They get to go back home. But I have no idea who's going to win this series. Yeah, it's tough. I 100% think it's going to go seven. I think it's even – it's just insane how well Boston – I think that game one was the worst game Boston's played in four months. Mm, yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah, definitely. For, for, yeah, they've been playing so, so well. So I have no idea what's going to happen going back home to uh, – to Milwaukee, Middleton is obviously is obviously a big deal for them and, and, and missing him. But I'm not the biggest Middleton guy. I think he goes up and down, and, and he'll show up one night and doesn't show up too too tough in other nights. I'm interested to see if Grayson Allen and the perimeter guys continue to shoot it like they've been shooting it in the first round and then in the first couple games of this series, or at least in the, at least in Game One, because I think that's that's going to be the key. Boston, first of all, Grant Williams is a monster. Wow, yeah. he's been doing because, some squats, huh? Yeah, yeah he's he's a, a, apparently a brick house that can also catch and shoot and knock down big shots. He's been really big for them. Similarly to what's going on in Miami with like Oladipo coming yep. out of nowhere, it's like, man, wait, all of a sudden, and Grant's been playing out all year, but like they flat out told him to go stick Giannis one-on-one and let's see what happens. And he was holding his own and, and playing really, 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 really well on D and knocking down shots. So, man, I, this is one of the series where I, I'm i just excited to watch. And if I'm looking at anything from, from a betting angle, the first two games uh, Giannis did not shoot it very well. I would have to go and look at his point total for something over 28 and a half, over 29 and a half, over 30 points, and he gets back home. He's going to get his shots up. He's going to get up 25, 26 shots. So that's maybe something that I would lean to. Um, but the, the overall series is going to be game to game. It's going to be one of those things where I have no idea. When you watch the, the Heat just pound the Sixers in Miami both games, felt like they competed. Sixers competed with Miami for, you know, first half, first third, you know, into the third quarter. And then, you know, they ended up breaking it open. Now you head to, to Philadelphia. Obviously, the line's going to move now with home court advantage, which I personally like for Miami. I get a better price. I still think that they're the better team if Joel Embiid doesn't play. Um, what are you seeing in this series? How do you think the Sixers can compete if they can? Or do you think that they can? Yeah, I mean, I don't see how they can. I think, let, let's talk about, I think the big narrative around James Harden is that he can't get by anybody, and, you know, he's having trouble getting to the cup, and he's not living at the line. 
He's not shooting it very well either. No. Even when he gets looks, he, air he can't knock him down. Yeah, like he's not knocking down shots. He He's almost like, uh, I don't want to call him a zero, because he's not a zero. He still facilitates a ton and, and does really well with that. But Six for 15, one game, for five from three. Yeah, his, his offensive game is just not there. And he's not – we used to know James Harden as a volume guy. And he's not even getting to that 20-shot 20, that 20 level type of, of, of offensive output. And it was one of those things where you kind of accepted it a little bit when Embiid was on the floor. But when Embiid goes off the floor, you would love to see him get up a ton of shots. But the confidence isn't there. He doesn't really know what to do on offense. He can't make it happen. And then Maxi just is like, all right, well, I guess I'm going to have to go out. You guys know, I don't know if you, I don't know if you play pickup, Tristan, but when you're playing pickup, yeah. And you guys are looking at your team, and even if you're not like that that big time score, you're like, man, I don't see any other buckets coming from the rest of these guys. So like, I'm gonna have to go out and try to score. I think that's what Maxie's looking around like, man, maybe I just have to just try to score thirty every night. And this is, and then it's funny. I always see Tobias Harris play really well when it seems like, where is this guy at when they're full strength and Embiid's out there and needs help? Right. It seems like Tobias is never around, which is really, really frustrating. They're just a really frustrating team, and this whole James Harden situation um, is not going really well. Really quick, to flip it to Miami, these are the dogs that Jimmy Butler has been waiting to play with for years now. Yeah. He has the real set of guys that he's looking for. I have P.J. Tucker, who's going to talk 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 to people with me, bang with people. I got a young killer in Tyler Hero who can go out and get a ton of – he's going to get shots up. He's going to get buckets. And then we have Bam, of course. Like, these are the guys that Jimmy has been waiting to play with, and I think that they're really, really locked in. And Jimmy's also scoring it at a ridiculous clip as well. So they're really, really tough right now. Miami – Really quick, Boston. just to your point about the yeah. killer, uh, Tyler Hero. Is Tyler Hero a max player? I'm talking about $37 million a year player. <laughs> Man, it's uh, – my gut is no, he's not. Yeah. Um, I think he's in a very, very good situation where he's coming off the bench and he's getting a lot of minutes and he's playing, you know, to close the game. I get that. But I, I'm not going to give a guy $37 million. I'll tell you this, I think he saw – what Duncan Robinson got that was like, hold on a second. Yeah. Let me get in the lab immediately because <laughs> I need to get something similar to that. I will say that. He's a really good player, and I think he, he had a little a, – a little, I got to Miami. I'm in Miami. I'm a rookie. I'm in this crazy culture. I got to lock in and play really, really well. Got a taste of a little bit of success. Was hanging out in Miami. Got the Instagram girlfriend. Took a little low. Maybe he saw Duncan get that deal, and he's like, I got to I gotta get it together so I can get this bag right. Hey, Sean, we so. got to get it together so we can get you back on the show soon. Sean Little of the No Catch-Up Podcast. We'll be back.